And a good Wednesday morning to you and welcome into Darren, Donnie, and Chase here on this rainy, rainy, rainy day. ESPN 102.5 The Game. Darren McFarlane, that's me, Willie Donick. Hello. That's him. I'm wet. Chase McKay. That's me. That's him. Max Hers behind the glass. Doesn't look like Max has any friends today. Flying solo. Unless your friend, who I don't know, is with you today. They're not even looking at each other, so I'm going to say no. He's invisible. (laughs) We just met. (laughs) I don't know this guy. Uh, You know, I think of the promo that's been running when I think of a day like today because it did make me chuckle. I heard it this morning and I laughed. Your, Your silly dad canoe joke. But I did laugh. <laughs> so it's a funny promo. So hats off to, I don't know if it was Kent or Ryan, whoever put that together. But that Well, was, Kent put it together. and That's good. That's good. Because I did laugh. Because in the moment, I didn't laugh as much because I looked at you like, really? <laughs> but then when I heard it today, I admit it. I laughed. Two promos came out of that show. That one and then the one where you and I were going back and forth about picking a winner for the World Series. <laughs> oh, you and your, your waffle you're in your Waffle House moment. Yeah, look, here's the deal. I've been wrong this entire World Series because I said it was over last night. Now well, we're getting to Game 7. I said so. it last night. I said, Verlander gets it done. Uh, I, I think I, guys, I told you, you guys. You did. To your yeah. credit, so how do you, you did. beat Verlander? You pop a couple home runs, and you hope you get a great performance from Strasburg. Yeah, but they were up 2-1 in the fifth. You said get to him early, which they did. They got a run. Uh, I don't remember saying get to him early. I said hit a couple home runs. They said he gives up home runs. Oh, he doesn't he give up many hits. He did that. But he gives up home runs. Juan Soto's is still traveling. What a bomb. How funny was it the carrying the bat to first base? I had to say it. What? I, I got a good Mr. chuckle out of that. What? Mr. Ba- I got a chuckle Mr. out of that. Mr. Bishop. Well, I, I can't believe you're not well, didn't going. He, didn't he we apologize need to do, for You it? just made the list on Wednesday, and these guys, yeah. it yeah. is unacceptable. You're right. You cannot I, take the bat to first. I, I wouldn't do it personally. Where's Stuffy Willie? Where's Stuffy Coach Willie? I, I'm trying to evolve, okay? Oh, because whoa, wait, whoa, breaking. Whoa, 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 I'm trying whoa, to evolve. Stop breaking your sounder. Just a little Hold bit. On. Hold on. We're going to 2020. We're close to 2020, and I think I just heard Willie Donick say, I'm trying. He's, although trying. he just say, I'm trying to evolve. Are you, Words. Are you we hanging up the, in you, thousands of shows and thousands of hours? I've never, ever heard from one Wiley Danuke. I'm trying to evolve. You might be. Are you? Are you still in the thousands of shows? I mean, you two been a been a long time. I mean, could could you be approaching a million? No, we're not McDonald's. I, we're not a billion, a billion served. Are you? Are you hanging up the whistle? Is that what? No. Is that what I'm hearing? No, Is Coach no, Willie no, hanging no, up the no. whistle? We're still, I, just, I could have sworn I heard evolve out of yes. Willie. What? But we're still our true self, right? But we have to be able to evolve. So I'm trying to meet people halfway. I, I am a huge you know baseball fan. Hold on. Let me, let me oh, get, make my oh, case here. Okay, make I like case. this. You he's, guys, getting, he's getting angry If you now. guys are going to rip me a little bit, i got to make my <laughs> case. Hold on. Let him talk. He's getting mad. Yeah, I'm not getting mad. But I'm a huge baseball fan. I know that there is a lot of concern about the baseball fan base over the next 20 years. I don't want it to go away. People like flashiness. Somewhere you got to have like a little bit too. of personality. I think wow. Alex Bregman. Wow. Did, he, did you just hear him? No, I was did trying to just, make an intelligent. You're, you're caught up in your thing. moment, yeah. and he's over here. Sniping. No, it wasn't sniping, even at you. Did you hear what he said? And no. <laughs> I was focused on my Were you statement. focused game five of flashing? <laughs> that's what he just said 
flashing. Okay. I'm a huge I'm fan. Sorry, Willie. I'm a huge you fan of Alex Bregman. Okay. Alex Bregman is a guy that is fun to watch. Yep. Right? He plays the game the right way. I don't think he was really trying to show up the Nationals. I kind of thought it was funny. He, but he does do that sometimes. And he's he is a guy that has fun when he gets back to the dugout for hits a home run. So I just thought it was great that if he's going to do that, carry the bat all the way to first base, and Soto one-ups him. That, that, I thought that was great. Are you going to do that to our team? I'll, I'll carry the bat to first yeah, base, too. Yeah, but that's not Soto's story. Soto's story is, I'm j- I just turned 21, dude. I'm still a kid. I thought that was cool. That Bregman did it? That's Soto's story. Like, Soto, yeah. you know, everybody immediately painted the picture what you thought. Like, that is the Nationals and Soto going, hmm, how dare you? Yeah. That's, you do it, we'll do it. Jerk. Yeah. That's not what he said. Soto said, I thought it was cool, so I did it too. Like well, I, I got a chuckle out of it when he did it, so I wanted to do it. Okay. That's his story. And that's good. I don't know if it's true or not, but he right. is 21. He just turned 21, and so maybe that is his thinking, like, ah, oh, that was pretty cool. I'll do it. The game evolves, right? There was a time where if Goose Gossage were pitching, that there's no way Alex Bregman would have been not leveled or Nolan Ryan, the next time he came up, we know what would have happened, right? It just, but the game evolves, right? Hockey. There's a lot of people but, that still would love to see. But when did those guys people pitch again? Dr- Could you list the years? Yeah. When did you just list? That was how many decades ago? We're going on three decades. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Three, de- three decades. <laughs> it evolves. Right? But, but, Whoa! Evolve. Evolve. Evolves. Right. Okay. okay. Once again, and hockey. Right. Were there any big fisticuffs last night? No. No. Nope. Two two good rivals. No. And there are some hockey fans. If you hear a hockey discussion wherever. It's, oh, man, I miss the days when they used to drop the gloves and it was real hot. I mean, they were tough hockey, man. They wouldn't stand for that old kind of stuff. Old-time hockey. Old t- right, right. Yeah. You embarrassed right. us. Old, there would be a slap shot reference yeah. and there would be 51 shots. You embarrassed so us. So baseball is going through the same thing. But I think we, we at the same time, we can appreciate that part of the game but also appreciate how the game is played today. Yeah. The hockey that we see, the fast quickness, the younger players, the skill, it's unbelievable. It's great. It's a great product, but it doesn't have the, you know, if you hit somebody or look at somebody wrong, there's going to be a fight. There's, they don't do that anymore. Just like in baseball, the bat we're trying and- to a, a, allow a little bit more showmanship because I think that's just where it's going. So yeah, like that, when, that's my evolution. My, so my there we job, go. You my have job that on is tape, done. Darren. My job is yeah, done. Okay. I've okay. clearly, finally. I, I'm still going to draw the line at certain points. beating him with a club. It took yeah. 25 For years, but you did years, it. years, he finally, <laughs> somehow today, it resonated, and he's like, okay, I see what you're saying now. I have a theory. I think I know what Up it is. Up to a point. And by Up the to way, a point. I'm still reserving the right to go old school. You know who has school. teardrops right now? Listening to this has teardrops. I mean, tears just streaming. Not from the rain. Hitting her face, Aaron Donick. She's like, <laughs> really? My little press pot. He's growing up. My little press pot is growing up. I have a theory. I'm I so think proud I know what's him. caused this. I think you have spent so much time over the last few years on the road with Chris Mason and Hal Gill that you have evolved. They have helped you to this point. Well, it's ironic you say that because I do think part of them, especially Hal, and he's discussed this on many of those games, he misses the old school. Where say, if when you're you getting, said that, I thought of him. If you're getting embarrassed as a team, four or five nothing, there's going to be some a price to pay. A price to pay. He yep. said that many times. He misses that part of it. But they're open minded, is what I'm saying. There, there have been times you have been yeah. closed minded. Yeah, I still reserve the right to go old school. But I'm I like some I'm old evolving. school stuff. Yeah. But I, I know I would sit back there and you guys would talk about like when 
Jose Batista had the bat flip and like, hey, you shouldn't do that. Like, yeah, I had no the, problem. The bat with, flip was uh, that. Was, I had no problem with the bat flip. Like, yeah, but you, you can see why it? there was a reaction to that. I understand, but, but why? Why was it indifferent? It's also well, my that, favorite. That thing was because it was first. That, that was now hundred feet in the air. There. Well, yeah, but I mean. This is, this is just like, as uh, non-acceptable. Okay. I, you don't think Scherzer? You, you, you saw Scherzer looking at him like, really? <laughs> Are oh, you yeah. carrying the bat to first? I mean, you don't think that didn't... He wasn't going, oh, he's just caught up in the moment. Good for him. Good for that guy. He got me. Caught up in the moment. Which, that was Bregman's story. I'm sorry. I got right. caught up in the right. moment. Well, if you go back through many videos, a lot of which we've watched, because Tony Kemp is in the video, right? Yep. Bregman and Kemp have, have been the fun... The fun patrol for the Astros the last few years, and unfortunately well, Tony's not a part of it now. now you've but got Brickman, Eaton and Kendrick and those guys they, doing the, they got their thing. The, I so don't the know question what, the, what is, are they doing fast and furious? I guess what are, they doing? are they hitting the accelerator? They're driving a stick shift. I'm not sure. I don't know. Are there stick shifts anymore? Very rarely. I don't. Can you buy a stick shift? I yeah, guess there has to be a. Uh, we okay. did get in an. Really? We did get in sure. an, uh, an. I mean Uber. a new car. Yeah, like I, they they have some that is it apparently all sports cars. Apparently in Europe, there's still a lot. Okay, we got into an Uber. In Arizona, and the guy had a stick shift, old school. Well, that, like, but that was an old rare. car, though. Older car. I'm talking yeah. about a new car. I have haven't seen one of those in a while. Yeah, but I'm looking forward to Game Seven, though. I'm I'm excited that I'm going to get a chance to sit back and watch a full game here with all I the know. marbles on the line. It's nice. Uh, and by the way, sports history last night. It's never been done. Never. In never any been sport. done. That's what I said. Sports history. And say baseball history. I said sports history. How about that? It's never been done. So the question is. Is it going to continue? <laughs> all the way to the fi- is it going to go all the way to the finish line? Is that actually going to happen? Seven games and all go to the road team? You know what's funny? Because I was asking, I asked you last night if that was because I didn't know. I didn't know the answer. You know if that was a record or had ever happened before. But the Nationals, in my mind, are now in almost a perfect position because they kind of got screwed because Scherzer had the back spasms and couldn't pitch, but now he's available for Game 7. It ended up working <laughs> like, well. And you have Corbin. And you have Corbin, yeah. Now the, the Astros will have Grinky, Grinky but yeah. also Garrett Cole on two days rest. I would not be surprised if he's in the game oh, by the fourth he, inning. You're, it, I mean, it's the last game. There so are no rules in the final <laughs> yeah, game. Right. There's no you're, rules. You're, if you need, Remember what Bumgarner did the one year. He came out of the bullpen early and just went ahead and pitched the whole game. So this this could be... Really, a well pitched game. So, it has not been to this point. Like, there's been more run score than people expected. I think in this yeah. series, right? There's some guys especially really with the, ball. the pitching. Anthony Rendon and Soto. Yeah, but, every well, time why? they come up there, I mean, the Nationals were. That's how they got here by just their explosion of the bats. And well, yeah. they're pitching. Their pitching's been fantastic. But the Astros have the pitching. But and did you think Adam Eaton bats? was going to go out and hit a couple home no, runs? I, no. that, that's. That's been a little Kurt bit unexpected. Suzuki. To his point, Kurt I Suzuki, thought it, yeah. I thought you we'd see have more a little bit of that. I thought we'd see a pitcher's duel, and we yeah. really haven't. Not as much. No. Now, what did you guys think, quick, oh, about the on, call? Come on, it's we. You, I, I don't. Here, here is. I, look, you can tell if you want to tell me it's the rule, fine, okay. But it's a dumb rule. Then change it. It's it's a bad rule. See that to me, that's the argument. The call, I think you can make the argument, and Major League Baseball has stuck to their guns and said it's not the wrong call. Right by the letter of the law, but, but it's the, a dumb. Then it's it's a dumb always rule. been a dumb rule because when you're hitting from the right-handed batter's box, nobody runs in the lane. Nobody. It's not a straight line to the base. 
right? And he was now, about a as straight line as he ran a straight anyone line. could ask. And he was in the grass. Was, yes. He was in the grass. Oh. He was inside the line. Okay? So I can understand the call by rule, but nobody calls that. No. Because he's running straight. There's nothing he can do. He's just running. He's dumb. He's trying I mean, to beat honestly, out a base hit. He's dumb. They got to fix that call. rule. It's bad. But this go that rule has been in there for for a hundred years. Yeah, and that's in where, the nineteen eighties they debate it. Sometimes they call it. Sometimes they don't. It's just it's why do you have the lane there? Yeah, what, that's a one bad of those, rule. That's one of those baseball rules that it's like. Well, we've always done it this way, so we're not going to change it. I, I don't mm-hmm. know why. In, I can remember vividly. Me, I'm a Mets fan. Okay, the Mets benefited in an LCS game. Remember the Mike Scott Astros series? The Mets pulled a couple of games rabbit out of the hat and one of them was at Chase Stadium Wally Bachman beat out a bunt hit he went outside the lane and avoided a tag and they didn't call it they called him safe the next guy hits a home run and they win the game Astros go nuts so that lane has been there for as long as I can remember but sometimes they call, and I've seen them call that I've seen them also call what they called last night the guys out of the lane that's, interference that's I mean Trey Turner was exactly right what do you want me to do I mean, I, he's running. I hit the ball right. and I ran straight down the down the line, just like he does every time. Uh, he tries every time, to, yeah. And they, this time, they make a bad throw and it's my fault, right? right? That's the. I mean, that's that's essentially what you, you rewarded a bad throw. Yes, you rewarded a bad throw by saying, "Ah, you interfered." Yep. No. And I, I've been the if first baseman. If you make the correct throw, he doesn't interfere with anything. I have been the first baseman where that happens, right? You have to, as the first baseman, you got to field the ball before it goes into that lane. You should yeah. know the runner's coming through there. He, right. Guriel knows that. they got to change it. Got to change that's, it. That's a bad one. Uh, will they? And then Joe Torrey had to do the... Well, the, he, you know, he did about stage, as well as you can do. If you want the stage... You know, this is the stage you need to get things changed. And the stage is the big stage. The, ask, ask the NFL. Yeah. <laughs> he did a pretty good job being as diplomatic as he could. He didn't dump on Dave Martinez for being angry. Let me tell you how it guarantees he, the rule changes, by the way, if the Nationals would have lost the game. Ooh. They lost. Yeah. I guarantee you. Yeah, the rule would have changed. Major League Baseball should thank Anthony Rendon. No for kidding. Popping that home yes. run, and then hitting the double to put the game yes. away. The because next time it around. softens the blow. If they yeah. lose, that's all everybody's talking about today. Because it was still the lead story, even though they had won. Yes, it was still what everybody was talking about. If they about. lose the World Series because of that, oh my gosh! Agreed. It, then it's Saints Rams all over. Just a different level. Yeah. All right. We'll come back. Uh, by the way, Pierre LeBrun at the bottom of the hour. Now? We can do it now. Okay, well, just, he just text me. Tell me. He literally Let's just do it. Te- we'll do it now. Let's do it now. We'll do it now. I got the text. I got the text. We'll do it live. And so we're good to go. Pierre Lebrun next on Darren, Donnick, and Chase. ESPN 1025 The Game. Yesterday was quite the busy show as we sat there at Pete and Terry's Tavern, Bridgestone Arena, in lieu of the Predators and Blackhawks. Of course, we aired you the press conference live. David Poyle, Peter Laviolette, and Roman Yossi talking about their new deal. And then David Poyle came upstairs after the press conference and sat down with us, and we had a nice, healthy discussion with the general manager yesterday. Now we want to have a nice, healthy discussion with Pierre Lebrun, who's with TSN. And, of course, The Athletic does a great job of covering the sport. Pierre, how you doing? I'm all right, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, big news in uh, Music City. Yeah, so you said just north of nine million, but did you know it was nine point zero five nine? Those, what a coincidence, uh, huh? <laughs> I'm trying to think how I can answer that without. Uh, <laughs> uh, yes, yeah, I did. yeah. That's uh, so we had a little fun with that yesterday because the minute I saw the, I'm like, 
that can't be a coincidence, right? 90 and 59. They cannot be a coincidence. So in just your opinion, you're, you're from afar. We're here caught up in it. So let's get the outsider perspective. Good deal, bad deal. How do you view the new deal for Roman Yossi that will kick in next year? It's a must deal. <laughs> Let me make that my answer. Yeah. It's a must deal. I mean, I mean, what is the alternative if you're David Poyle and Nashville Predators of not signing Roman Yossi? There is zero way to replace him on the market. Um, you're just not going to be as good a team, and you're trying to win a cup over the next few years. So Roman Yossi had all the leverage. And let's be clear about something else. I mean, as much as this is a huge contract and he's going to make a ton of money, when the deal kicks in next uh, next summer, um, he would have made even more than that on the open market. I mean, I, I wrote about this in the Athletic last week. I don't know if you guys saw, but it was a piece on asking other front offices around the league and agents. Where I said it, I said it to my colleagues here. I and yeah. uh, let, let me commend you because I thought that was tremendous perspective. I was reading it over the weekend, and I came in Monday. I said, "We've got a this is great stuff," and we even well, wanted to say. We even wondered behind the scenes if that might have sparked a couple conversations. We, we said this. Pieces. Well, did, did I not bring that up yeah. to David yesterday? Yeah. I said, you know, these articles that are being written, I mean, did that kind of maybe speed <laughs> up the process? Yeah, my understanding is it, it, it was brought up in the conversations between uh, Yossi's camp and, and David Poyle, but I think only it only firmed up what everyone already knew, and which is what Yossi's worth is, and at the end of the day, you know, listen, I, my understanding is that the Yossi camp was at $9.5 for quite a while and, and that the Predators were at $8.5 for quite a while. And really, they ended up bridging, uh, you know, really the compromise right in the middle at just north of nine. I mean, listen, there is obviously risk. Uh, I mean, it's an eight-year deal with the Foldo move, which means that for people listening, you know, if, if things were to go south, you can't buy, you know, you can't buy them out, you can't put them on waivers. That's what the no move gives you. It gives you an ironclad guarantee. But if there's anyone you're going to do that with, I would think it would be with Roman Yossi, who's an unbelievable skater, takes care of his body. All the indicators that you would look at that would say, hey, you know, we don't really want to ever, you know, or have these deals too often, but if you're going to do one, I think Roman Yossi, Roman Yossi is the ideal candidate. David Poyle brought this up yesterday, Pierre, and really doubled down on it about Norris Trophy, something we talk about. You know, we're a little scarred here uh, because we kind of felt like over the years Shea Weber got overlooked for the Norris Trophy, and we started to wonder, totally agree. can you can totally you win agree. it in Nashville? And we know some things have changed, obviously, over the years, and so we feel differently. But David Poyle, when I say double down, said not only is Roman Yossi going to win the Norris Trophy, believes it's going to be this year. Once again, from afar – is that something you believe is realistic? Well, there's a guy in Washington making things difficult at, uh, at the outset here. Oh. John Can he slow down just a little bit and let some people catch yeah. up to the pack? <laughs> Two more goals here last night for the captain, Toronto. Um, but I, I, I do agree that Roman Yossi will win at least one Norris trophy. And he was on my ballot last year among my, the five names that I put down on my Norris trophy ballot. I'm one, one of the official voters. Um, and I do think that you know, it's an absolute crime that Shea Weber never won one during his absolute peak in Nashville. I mean, that honestly is beyond ridiculous. Um, but but I think that, you know, Nashville's trip to the Cup Final and everything else, hosting the All-Star game, the Predators are a lot more on the uh, on the forefront of people's minds around the league than they were back then, I think. 
Uh, they're one of the it teams, if you will. And because of that, um, I do think Roman Yossi probably has a better shot. It, it, it's, you know, it, it shouldn't be that way. I mean, when, when the group, the, the professional uh, hockey right association sit down to vote, I think the vast majority of the voters are terrific and do their homework. But at the end of the day, there's no question that some of the bigger markets, their players tend to get more spotlight. And, you know, over the years, you know, I, I, you, know you hate to see that. I think in this particular case, Roman Yossi is no longer under the radar. Uh, you know, everyone you talk to knows how special a player he is. Pierre LeBron on the line with us. So you brought up the no trade clause, which, as you know, and we've certainly talked about this with David Poyle a lot over the years. He does not hand that out. I guess I'll use the reference since tomorrow's Halloween, like Halloween candy. He does not hand out that. In <laughs> fact, Peck is the only one that has had it, but now. He makes two, but you know other organizations and other general managers are not afraid to hand out that no-trade clause like Halloween candy. Where, where do you right. stand on that? Because I've always said I don't understand why a player – I mean, I guess I do understand, but to me, so many things can change over a seven-, eight-year deal. I don't know why it's conducive for either side to go down that road. That's just me. Well, I know a lot of players that would disagree with you. And let's sure. start with – you know, I've never, I haven't talked to P.K. Subban about this, but there's a player that if he had the full no move, who knows if he's not still in Nashville. I mean, that's, I mean, that's the power that you have is to block a trade if you have that. And um, it has certainly happened in the past. But, I mean, I always say to myself, would every player use that or, or, if you feel unwanted, would you say, I'm also, uh, you know, I'm also accept this trade if they don't want me anymore. You know, I always wonder about, you know, the human part of it, but what it does when you have a full move is it helps you and your agent control the process. If you're on your way out, it helps you control where, where you're going to end up. PK Subban didn't have a say in it, right? He didn't have a clause. So he ended up in New Jersey where I think he's happy, but the point is that he, he his camp never got involved in that because they didn't have a say. So, um, you know, I'll, I'll give you a couple of examples. Uh, you know, we look at Marty St. Louis when he asked for a trade out of Tampa Bay. He also happened to have a full no trade clause. So he said, I want to get traded to the New York Rangers. So the Tampa Bay Lightning had to make a trade with one team. <laughs> they couldn't get any other, they couldn't get any other team involved in the process. That's the power from the player's perspective of, of having the no move is that if, if, if ever things go south with the team you're playing for, you can help dictate how how the exit plan works out. Pierre LeBron is with The Athletic, also with TSN, talking about the Yossi contract signed yesterday. Pierre, another point that was made by by one of your uh, people that weighed in on this along the lines of the no trade that made sense to me, it's well known that the Predators have used to their advantage the no state income tax, the cost of living, etc., but related to the no trade, somebody made the point, well, if you're going to ask me to take a little less than I'll get on the market, then you got to give me the no trade so I know I'm going to be here to take advantage of that living situation. That's an excellent point. And, and you know, this has come up in other negotiations the last few years, which is to say there are players willing to take a bit less to stay where they are, but they also want to know that that's where they're going to stay. In other words, I'm not signing this contract because I think it's going to be transportable. You know, so let's just use Roman Yossi as an example. My my nine plus million dollar a year deal in in Nashville, where the state income tax is 
much more favorable than it would be for Eric Carlson in Northern California, for example. If if I get traded to a place where suddenly my take-home pay is much less, then that's not what I agreed to. I agreed to this deal in this market um, with the understanding is that that is having its maximum effect being an actual predator. So that, that's an excellent point, and 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 it's for real. I mean, you know, Roman Yossi. I, it, you know, I'm not an expert on income tax. Uh, between two countries and, and, and all these different states, my <laughs> mind's about to explode trying to figure it out. But I was told yesterday that essentially Roman Yossi's take-home pay is is pretty much the same as Eric Carlson, who's making $11.5 million in San Jose. I mean, that, that's a lot to digest if you think about that. Yeah, no, no doubt. Another point that was made uh, in your article and also echoed by David Poyle. David Poyle, you probably heard the line. He got a chuckle... Uh, with us on the on the air and also at the press conference, he, he said to Roman Yossi, you know, I hope you age like Roger Federer, your countryman, and, and one, one of Roman Yossi's, maybe his favorite athlete, you know, because the point was made in your article, Pierre, which is a good one, is you're paying him up through his mid-30s, even upper 30s, right? He's going to go through age 37 with this contract. We just watched the Blackhawks last night with Seabrook and Keith and all those great players. They're not the same as they were five or six years ago. So you're paying him going forward. You're hoping that he ages well and can still live up to the value he's going to have. Yeah, I think you're referring to Adam Bingen's article in The Athletic today that I retweeted. But, yeah, that's uh, – I mean, that's the risk. Um, and, again, I think the difference there would be that even when Brent Seabrook was an unbelievable defenseman winning cups for the Chicago Blackhawks, I, I, I think at some level you could probably predict that because he wasn't – great skater that his deal wouldn't age as well as as one would for Roman Yossi and 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 so here's a better example Duncan Keith is still a, an effective player not winning Norris trophies in the year uh, anymore but he's still a guy that gets around because of the skating ability um and his deal which was a really long-term deal in fact it was one of those long-term backdiving deals that got signed before the last CBA it's aged all right with him you know, he's, he's, he's because he can skate. And I think that's what you hang your hat on if you're natural with Roman Yossi, that if, if anything else, when you watch him play, you know that that part of his game should age gracefully. And that's the most important important part of all, really, when you, when you look at the way the game is played today. Pierre Lebrun is with us from The Athletic and TSN here on Darren Donick and Chase. And we knew that, that the Roman Yossi contract was the, at the top of the priority list for David Poyle. Now that he has that, he knows what he has to work with. But when you look at the Nashville Predators overall over the next couple of years with some other contracts that will be coming up, do you, do you feel like that they're still going to be hampered by some of these big deals that they've handed out, and most notably maybe the Kyle Turris deal? Or do you think that David Poyle has staggered this enough where he can make it all work? I mean, I, listen, I, I, I think they've got a shot to win the Cup. I, I think their payroll's in a pretty healthy situation. If you look at every team that – considers themselves a cup contender they all have about 25 cents between the salary cap and their payroll <laughs> it's like everyone is right at the max so Nashville's no different than anyone else but to your point um there's some interesting off-season decisions coming after this year most notably you know what do you do with Mikel Granlin and Craig Smith or who, who are both UFA um you know those are probably the two big ones um you know that Kyle Turris 
trade has not worked out so far for the Nashville Predators. He's not been as impactful in Nashville as he was in Ottawa. Um, you know, after this year, he's got four more years on his deal at a $6 million cap it. His play so far has not warranted that cap it. I love the player. I mean, he's a terrific human being, and, and, and I've heard over the years, I know from talking to people in Ottawa, they, they were huge fans of him. So you hope that it turns around um, because he is a guy that's been liked uh, by his teammates. But at, right now, that's the one contract that sticks out as um, troublesome, I think, for, for the Predators. And let's not hide it. I mean, I've reported this as have others. They, I do believe the Predators tried to trade him this summer and couldn't find a taker. But, you know, he's got seven points in 12 games to start the year. Um, he's a guy that can play center and wing, and, and who knows, maybe this is the year that he finds his comfort zone and, and lives up to that contract. When you look at the league as a whole, you know, Yossi was, was one of the big contracts that had to be done. Uh, what do you think is next? Is it Petrangelo or, or somebody else? Well, the big two on defense are Alex Petrangelo and Tori Krug now that, uh, that the big one is signed. <laughs> you know, Yossi was one, Petrangelo two, Krug three. All three are really special players. Um, you know, Petrangelo is a really interesting situation. Uh, you know, his, his agents, uh, who are based in Toronto, Newport sports, they met with, uh, blues GM, Doug Armstrong, uh, three weeks ago when the blues were in Toronto. Uh, we don't know how the meeting went, but my understanding is that there haven't been any talks since, um, which again, lots of time between now and July 1st. And, and really for the blues, that's what you're looking at because you're, you're trying to defend your Stanley cup title. You're not going to sweat whether or not you're come the you know the trade deadline in February whether or not your captain is signed or not. You're you're all in. So you now he either signs before July first or he walks. But I, I think it's those are the only two options we're looking at. Um, you know, I sat down with Doug Armstrong all well, that same week when they were in Toronto and and we did a Q and A and I asked him about Petrangelo's future and he didn't want to get specifically into Petrangelo. But what he did say, if you read between the lines of his answer to me was that he's trying to create a culture in St. Louis that is, you know, similar to Boston where, and I, I could argue Nashville, by the way, but similar to Boston where, you know, everyone's taken a certain number to make it all work so they can try and win. And and so there's a pretty obvious answer, I thought, as to how it relates to the Petrangelo negotiation, which is to say there's a certain number I think the Blues would sign him at, but not the same number that uh, would be afforded to him on the open market. Um, so what is that number? Uh, I got to think that the blues would probably want to do Petrangelo at around 8 million a year on a long-term deal. And certainly Petrangelo's camp probably can make a case that, you know, he's worth closer to 9 million a year. So we'll, we'll see where that, I know how that plays out, but of interest in all that is that somewhat proactively, uh, Doug Armstrong went out, of course, on the eve of the season and traded for Justin Falk and sign him to a seven-year extension from Carolina, uh, which, along with Colton Pareko, now gives the Blues three top right-handed defensemen. Uh, and let's be honest, even though Dar Armstrong never came out and said this, I think the rest of us could, you know, read in between the lines. That is pretty good insurance in the event he can't figure out how to re-sign Petrangelo. No doubt about it. Enjoyed the visit as always, Pierre. Thanks for doing this, and we'll talk to you down the road. All right, great to be on. See you, guys. All right, that is Pierre Lebrun, TSN Hockey Insider, and, of course, with The Athletic. We'll come back. More of Darren, Donick, and Chase on the other side, ESPN 1025 The Game. Good stuff from Pierre Lebrun. 
Roman Yossi, who signed the deal yesterday, will join us at one thirty today. Chris Mason at 1 o'clock. Pecorine back-to-back shutouts last night in the 3-0 victory over the Blackhawks last night at Bridgestone Arena. They'll be back at it tomorrow to close out the month of October against the Calgary Flames. Calgary coming off a 2-1 loss last night in Raleigh to the Hurricanes. Nick Bonino getting his first career hat trick with the Predators. His third career, but his first with the Preds. And 51 shots, 55 is the franchise record. 51 is tied for third best. And as Hal and I talked about last night, and even with Roman, who came up to the barrel house after the game, you just kept waiting for Chicago's pushback. And the way the game was played out, you think it was about an 8 nothing game or 9 nothing game if it wasn't for Robin Leonard. But it wasn't ever a blowout, but it just felt like a blowout. You just kept waiting for a pushback or something from Chicago, and all they did was stand around and watch Leonard juggle fire and stand on his head. I don't know what, the, how the best way to say this, but the, the Chicago media, we, you know, everybody kind of um, gathers in the media room between periods. There's a little gathering, and there's a lot of little chit-chat. You know, there's scouts, there's people from Chicago, there's people from Nashville, there's people that work there, and the Chicago people were just aghast at, like, I can't believe how well Robin Leonard is playing. Otherwise, this would be a total disaster. It should have been nine to nothing. He it, made w- without incredible. him. It's one thing to have the fifty-one shots. Like the Predators had forty shots in Tampa on sa- on uh, Saturday, right? But I think if you look at the quality they of those had 40 shots, forty shots through two periods last night, right? But the forty shots in Tampa were not nearly as dangerous on average as the 51 shots last night. They were all over the net. They were close range. They were traffic. They were difficult saves for Leonard. I, I thought it was one of the best goalie performances of the season. Yeah. Honestly, he deserved a star last night, even he in did. the loss. He totally uh, did. I thought he did, too. And I mean, you give it to Benino and Pekka, but, I mean, how does Leonard not? I mean, he had 48 saves <laughs> in a in a 3 nothing loss. I get it. And Pekka, I mean, you have to give credit to Pekka for, for having the shutout, but he didn't. He hardly faced any shots. I mean, it just I thought it was, it was one of the easiest shutouts he's ever had. And that's what he said. He said that after yeah. the game that it was one of the easier shutouts of of my career. So, you know, you you talk to players after a game and you get their thoughts, but something that stood out to me when I was talking to Matt Irwin for the post-game interview was when I brought up Robin Leonard, like his face lit up of like, dude, that guy, I mean, he was on. Like he, just giving credit where credit was due. So again, three nothing, but it could have been a lot worse for Chicago. They just you can tell they they're just not the same Chicago Blackhawks that they once were. And they tried to shake it up, right? They made yeah. a trade for Slater Cuckoo. They made a trade for Olimata to try to help their defense. But the defense looks like a mess right now. The Connor Murphy is a decent defenseman that's not there. They're benching Brent Seabrook, they brought up this rookie, Gilbert, but they were completely overmatched, that group. And look like what we talked about three years ago. Still slow. Right? That's what shocked yes. us the most is how slow Chicago looked three years ago. Well, they don't look much faster today. Well, it, it looks like now this, it's early, right? They, they have time to, to get better. But you, you ask the question, why does Jonathan Taves have – one goal and one assist. I think that's a big reason. They're always in their own end, yeah. right? They're having yeah. to to defend way too long. They just didn't have the puck. I think that's been a problem in a lot of their games. Remember, that was only their third road game 
of the season. Most of the problems they've had have been at home, which is unthinkable. So, that, But I will say this. I saw a stat yesterday. Offensive zone puck time. Puck possession in the offensive zone. Kane is top three or four in the league. And that doesn't surprise me, though. That guy I think he was top three in He's the unbelievable. Let's go to Bicycle Boy. What's up? Hey, good morning, fellas. You know, Darren, you're right. It, it really it felt like the game should have been like 10 to nothing. But uh, am I the only one that by the third goal felt bad about telling the guy that he sucked and that it was all his fault? <laughs> <laughs> it was odd. I, I will grant you that. It is it's hard to say that about a guy that literally was like standing said, on his head. Yeah, I, I'm probably being nice saying eight or nine because you're right. It probably felt more like double digits. It should have felt like Chicago just putting their tails between their legs and crawling out of here. Instead, you see three nothing. You're like, ah, okay, not that big of a deal. But if you watched it, big deal. I mean, it, it's it, the Predators were just all over them from jump. I mean, they had 19 shots in the first period. What was it? 19 to 6. 19 to 6. And then it the was first period, 21, 21 to, to 6, 8, seven, 21 to 8, uh, I think, in the second. I mean, it just was, like I said, you just kept waiting. Like, okay, when's, when's the pushback? I mean, when, when do you see Chicago, you know, rise up and say, okay, enough, enough of this beat down? Never happened. Let's go to Nate. Nate, what's up? Hey, guys. Uh, Darren, it was great to see you last night, first of all. Yeah, good to see you. And um, to be honest, I'm a little surprised that Leonard didn't um, call out his teammates after the game. Uh, and I know he's a backup, and that probably wouldn't look great on him. But, I mean, what else is he supposed to do? They left him high and dry all night. Um. Yeah, they did that. <laughs> like, I'm surprised. Like, I don't know if y'all saw on uh, Twitter or wherever you get your news. Um, he was praising the de- uh, the defense. I'm like, what defense besides you? Yeah. Good stuff, Nate. Good to see you as well. Thanks for uh, calling in. Uh, it just, you know, it's just one of those games. And look, they've been talking about 60 minutes. They've been talking about a complete game. Mm-hmm. Well, there you go. That's what it looks like. Looked pretty the, dominant. The thing that's really standing out to me right now is, you know, through the first four or five games, there was concern about the penalty kill. There was concern about defense. And Peter Laviolette kept, you know, hitting that point and, and trying to, to bring that up whenever he spoke. You're starting to see those things get corrected. And there have been times in the past where if there's been an issue, the prime example of the power play last year, you just never saw it get any better. It, it just stayed stagnant. Yeah, not for lack of effort. No, trying and, different and, things, and but it just never. They never found the solution. They, I'm they not never saying found that the they solution. didn't give the effort, but yeah. there's just something about this team. Well, that, I'm just saying by trying to adjust. I mean, they yeah. tried different things. Just they couldn't stumble upon anything that's, that worked. But that's my point. I feel like that. However, they're adjusting to these issues. It's it's just better than it was. And I don't know if if Peter Laviolette's changed some of his his way of thinking. If Dan Lambert, all of the above. I'm just seeing a big difference in how they're adjusting and they're able to correct a lot of these issues early on. Nick Kale, Dan Lambert. That's his that's Dan his buddy. Lambert. There you go. You're welcome. Have a great day. We'll come back, wrap up the first hour of Darren Donick and Chase next. Smith at the blue line. Irwin, a one timer. That goes wide. Rebound out for Hamus. Got it around Nylander. 
Held left side. Quick shot there. That goes off the villain. <laughs> and the rebound and the score. Yep, it's time for hats, folks. Nick Benino, six goals already on the young season. Had a hat trick last night. He is the leading goal scorer on the Predators right now. A goal in every period for Nick Benino. That's a well, natural yeah. hat trick. Philip Forsberg had, had five through six games, so we'll play that game again. If he had been playing the whole season, <laughs> he'd have. No, I'm kidding. I give him credit. They've won now. They're four one and one in the six games without Forsberg. Yeah, uh, can't do. It. I mean, hanging in there. I mean, more than hanging in there. Definitely more than hanging in there. So let's look at the rest of the division. We brought up Tarasenko out for five months before he's reevaluated. I mean, yeah, they'll just reevaluate. That doesn't reevaluated in five months, not five weeks, not five days. Wasn't that the not five hours? But five months he'll be reevaluated. When Pekka had his hip thing, they kept saying like, "We'll reevaluate after a certain amount of time." Well, there was all kinds of issues with that yeah. one. Yeah. Now in Colorado, Avs get off to the start everybody expected, and now you've got Landeskog, and they're saying out indefinitely, and then you see reports of. Looks like this is going to be significant time, whatever that means. Already ranting and out. Two of the yeah. big three out of their lineup for a while. What does that do to Colorado? I think they're in better position to endure than they were even two years ago or last year because they have more depth. They've done a good job. Joe Sackick has done a very good job of building that team he back sure up. Has. He was patient. He was getting ridiculed, but... I mean, I think, it included you know Patrick Waugh leaving too. That whole process, yeah. but I think you saw last December. You know, in a year that again people, oh, what happened to the Predators last year? They had a hundred points. They won the Central, and they went through a month of what the Avalanche are about to go through. Remember, they didn't have Forsberg, Arvidsson, Subban for about a month, and Turris was missing for part of that time too. So it does happen. You gotta you gotta tread water. You gotta hang in there. F- find ways to win games. Get games to overtime. Get a little lift from somebody on your minor league team or your AHL team to come up and and help you. But it'll be interesting. That Nashville goes to Colorado next week. A week from yep. tomorrow, they'll play the Avalanche well, for the a, first it's, time. It's a road trip that makes sense. Detroit, Colorado. <laughs> Northern California, Vancouver. Anybody, anybody see the weather in Denver today? Why don't you guys wrap up in New York? <laughs> yeah, that is a crazy. Can you imagine Vancouver? Yeah, or sunrise. What? What's the distance from Vancouver to sunrise? About five thousand miles. Yeah, but you know what? I don't feel. I don't feel bad for any of you. I've been on that plane. You're fine. You'll be all right. <laughs> uh, look, I don't care what plane you're on. That's that's a long. That's ride. a long haul. Hey, look. When we, we were trying to decide to go where to go honeymoon, we could basically pick wherever. It got limited because I honestly, I, I, I've always wanted to go to Australia, but I, I don't want to be on a plane for 20 hours. Like, it's a long, So you're one of those people that can't sleep on a plane. No. Yeah, I can't. No. You guys did not answer good. my question. Do you What's know that? what the weather is in Denver right now? No. It's probably snowing. It snowed very hard. They They had a bunch of snow. It is eight degrees right now. Yeah. In Denver, but it's going to be forty-eight tomorrow. Well, that's balmy. <laughs> that's how that's how they roll in Denver. Like, it's, a heat oh, wave. it's going to change. It'll yeah. change. Yeah. Uh, so you look at the lay of the land. We've already seen Minnesota twice. They don't look like they're very good. No. 
Winnipeg's got issues. We know they're not the same Winnipeg team. What does that mean? I don't know. Well, let's let's revisit in a little bit later. It's just basically one month in the books, but they don't look the same, that's for sure. Dallas is off to a slow start. I know they had five goals in the third period, and Rads had a hat trick last night. And they came back after they were down 2 nothing to Minnesota and came back and beat them up. But right now, Dallas, I mean, Ben Bishop was pulled last night. So, you know. They don't look the same. It doesn't mean they can't get things I'm not things ready to write around. them off yet. I, no, I no, think I'm not, I'm not okay. writing them off. I'm just saying they're off to a slow start. No, they were they off to off, a slow start, start for last sure. Year, and they were yeah. off to a slow start last year. St. Louis, you know, what, what is this Tarasenko news? I'm just saying the division right now, for, this, for purposes of right now, looks like this is where the Predators have a chance to really just gain some a cushion. Some ground. Well, Put some cushion. Yeah. Put some distance between you and the other team. When they go through, as they're going through some of this stuff, you know, it goes in cycles. Yeah. I think there's something to be said for that. Not not getting yourself into that that pressure of every night feeling like you've got to keep up with the pack. If you separate yourself, and this is another benefit that they had last year. They got off to that great start, 13-3 and three before the injuries hit. And even though they went through some struggles, they, they, had, that, they had those points bank. You don't, yeah. you don't have to give those points back. That that helps you make decisions. I, I think if they were, let's just say the Duchesne and Forsberg situations happened in February and you're two points below the playoff, you may have to approach those injuries differently than you do in October and you've won and you've proven you can win some games without those guys. It's a, that, part of your process. It's part of a benefit of being staying above the line and doing well right from the outset. Well, and they always say, well, you can't win the cup in October. And while that is factual, uh, the points you accumulate in October can help you when you get into the dog days of February. We'll come back. Hour number two, we kick off with John Glennon from The Athletic. We'll talk about the Titans matchup in Charlotte against Carolina on Sunday. We do that next with John here on Darren Donick and Chase, ESPN 1025 The Game.